What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Straight Like That, the podcast hosted by me, Instagram's favorite half brown boy, Camille. Um, first of all, I got to give a little shout out to our sponsor, Rory Love and Company, little candle, wax, and room spray. Um, homemade company over in New Orleans. Uh, link in the bio to tap in. Great products. Lovely little gift for Valentine's Day coming up. Um, today, I have a very, very legendary guest. Um, Concord's very own Europe's world traveler, uh, Vicky Bruce. What's going on, Vicky Bruce? How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, let's get straight into it then. So basically, why soccer? How'd you get into the sport? You know, talk about from whenever. Okay. So when I was growing up, I played soccer, tennis, basketball, baseball, and I did like a lot of water sports because my family has a place on the lake. And um, I just loved pretty much anything sports. And I think my favorite when I was growing up was actually basketball, but I'm on the smaller side. So I kind of knew like logistically that wouldn't work out um, in the future. Mm -hmm. And I really also loved tennis, but it was more of an individual sport. And I think my young self wanted the social side of a sport. Um, and then baseball, I also really enjoyed. And I was on a boys team until I was like 12 or 13. And I was starting to make, you know, like state teams and stuff that was like really cool mm. in baseball. But they started kind of hinting at, you know, you're a girl and you can't be doing this in college. So you're going to be taking the boys spot. So we, yeah. we're not continue to pick you. So I kind of took that as like, okay, that's fine. I don't want to switch to softball. So then I just pretty much focused everything on soccer and I have photos of when I'm like four years old, five years old. I always had a soccer ball near me at like all the field mm. days. I loved playing it with all the counselors. And so I think somehow deep down, that was my favorite of, of them all this mm. whole time. I just didn't really know it, but it also just worked out that all the other ones kind of fizzled out for whatever reason. And by the time I was about 14, I focused everything just on soccer. Yeah. So. I was just about to ask, like, what age were you when you, really just focus on soccer only and like I guess how devoted to the game were you at that age um I was I was very devoted from so from a young age I was playing you know at like the YMCA mm -hmm. and then uh I joined a girls team and I ended up volunteer to go in goal at one point and I guess I don't really remember this my parents told me this but I guess I didn't like it that much so I was kind mm -hmm. of upset that I was still in goal all the time because I only offered to be nice and I guess I was good at it. So they kept putting me there and then I would cry after games. So my <laughs> mom, one game went to the coach and basically said like, if you don't put her in the field, like we're leaving. Yeah. So then, so then they just took me and we left. And then I, I was crying and upset because I didn't have a soccer team anymore, but her boss at the time was the coach of a boys team. And he was like, Oh, bring her to tryouts. We'll see how she does. And so I wasn't super technical, but I was like fast and strong and kind of big at my, um, at my age at the time. So then I joined that team and played on that team for, from when I was like eight to 14. Um, oh, wow. So that came with like a whole ton of obstacles in itself. Cause going through like puberty with all boys and I'm the only girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very difficult kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so I think it was when, by the time I got to about 11 or 12, I had a, a coach that took over our men's team. That wasn't like a parent. And that's kind of when my, career took off because he took yeah. me under thing and made me like a very good football player not just an athlete and mm. then I loved the game more and I was much less in goal I was more of a forward or a midfielder um and then 
from the time I was like 13, 14, 15, I was having private lessons with him because he had his own um, soccer oh, wow. school room. I don't know if you were, if that was before your time. <laughs> it might be, it might be. <laughs> yeah. And then, so, and then I was like, <laughs> in middle school, you know, you're playing, you know, your middle school soccer team, your middle school basketball team. So I would just after school have basketball practice, get in the car, have some chicken nuggets, go straight to soccer practice. Yeah. Go, quick. Yeah. Go home and then mm -hmm. do homework, go to bed, do it all over again. But by the time you get to high school, you really kind of have to focus on just one because right. you don't have time for anything else. And I was playing, right. you know, for you, I'm not sure about you, but uh, Canon was about 45 minutes to an hour from my house. So yeah, it was a wild. long way to get, it was a long way to get to high school every single day. Mm -hmm. And then my soccer training was also like an hour and a half away when I joined a girl's team, it was in Charlotte. Mm -hmm. So just didn't have much time for anything else. Yeah. You're really just on a road and training. And sleeping, yeah. I guess. Wow. Pretty much homework, sleep, school. That's it. So I guess when you were doing the one-on-one -on -one lessons and like really, you know, spending a lot of time at the training and stuff, that's when you wanted to, to go college? Was that like a goal yeah. of yours? Yeah, I think I always, because I was always playing with boys, whenever I did soccer camps or training sessions and I got to be with girls, I always was playing with girls who were, you know, 16, 17, 18, because I happened at the time I was kind of at that level, even though I was younger mm -hmm. and it just really loved being around them, looking up to them, hanging out with them. It was so nice to be around like comforting, inspiring women. And they all were going to play college. So I kind of knew that that was what I also wanted to do. Okay. Yeah. So you were playing in high school as well and playing club? Yeah. So okay. I think it's the same for most states, um, but it might be different in like the UK for people watching there. But yeah. you basically have um, your club season for the women was say like June, July until December. And then your high school season would start. And then you'd have like a high school season from mm -hmm. you know, like February to May or June. Um, so that way you're still playing soccer all year long, but it's like with kind of different teams um, throughout yeah. the year. But I was very fortunate that the club team I was on was one of the best in the state. We we won state cup almost every year that I played, which is really cool. Um, yeah. And we were uh, ECNL, which I'm not sure if that's a thing anymore, uh, but it was elite clubs, national league. So we got to play other top clubs throughout the U S. So like any given weekend, we'd go to New York or we'd go to Las Vegas or we'd go to California to play some of these other top clubs, which was a very cool experience. Right. Right. That's a lot of dedication though. There's a lot of travel time and it's a lot of, oh. a lot of time away from family and, and whatnot. So that's at what 15, 16, you're doing that. Yeah, that was 14, okay. 15, 16, 17, 18. I mean, I... So all I throughout high school, basically. Yeah, I didn't have okay. weekends ever. Uh, the only time I actually had a social life was when I uh, tore my all my ligaments in my knee and had to not play for a bit. I finally got to go to sleepovers. I got to have yeah. dances. Like I got to do things I never could do because I was always so busy. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about that injury then. So how old were you and, and what did you do exactly? So I was... 16 I think 16 mm -hmm. um it was October and I was playing our like arch rival team in North Carolina Castle and um <laughs> it was like a midfielder and we were down a goal and my friend Courtney was taking a free kick I remember it perfectly yeah. <laughs> uh, a free kick and the ball was kind of looping in to the point of where like you needed to flick it in to try to get it over the goalie's head because she was coming out and I was going um, so I extended my leg to try to chip it over her and she caught the ball, but also her whole body weight landed on my knee and pushed everything kind of down. Ooh. So I tore my ACL, MCL, meniscus and crushed my tibia and parts of it came off. 
So I was just screaming bloody murder for a solid 20, 30 yeah. minutes. They rushed me to the hospital and had to get um, x-rays and uh, they couldn't do an MRI because I was so swollen, but through mm -hmm. the x-ray, they saw how much bone damage was done. And they said like, for this to happen, you had to have torn pretty much everything in its wow. path. So that was unfortunate. Um, yeah. So that uh, was my sophomore year of high school, I think. Okay. Maybe my junior year. Might've been my junior year. Junior year. <laughs> junior year? Okay. Yeah. So how'd you shake back from that? That sounds like, like it could end at everything right there. Yeah. Um, they honestly thought it was a car crash. Um, like that's how wow. bad it was. And they said I'd never play again. So just not get my hopes up. Mm -hmm. So I was a bit down. Um, they said even with like a good recovery, it would take nine plus months of constant rehab and physio. So I, I did do that, you know, <clears throat> consistently two to three times a week for nine to 12 months. And then I finally put my boots back on and it kind of made it all worth it. Um, I definitely wasn't where I was pre-surgery. I don't think yeah. it takes a long time to get back your athleticism, your fitness, mm -hmm. touches on the ball, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I was just so happy to be back out there that I didn't, I didn't care. Yeah. Uh, but then unfortunately a few months after I finally came back, I just wasn't feeling, I felt like something was off and I, I would look at myself in the mirror and I would kind of see bumps and things in my knee that just looked like it shouldn't be there. And so I went to the doctors again and, and they said, oh, you need another surgery because stuff has been growing around the plates. Yeah. And the yeah. in. So, so then I had to have a second surgery senior year, a few months before I went to college. Um, and that was frustrating because I'm going into like the biggest part of my career and right. starting at a disadvantage. And at the time I definitely didn't appreciate it for what it was. Like I was like, oh, it's no big deal. It's a minor surgery. Cause compared to the one before that took 12 months to heal. Right like eight to 12 weeks but you don't realize how much going from every day to basically nothing and relearning how mm -hmm. to walk and relearning all these things it just it takes a toll so I went yeah. into my freshman year of college not prepared <clears throat> as I should have been did that uh did I guess both surgeries are like really the major injury affect like college recruiting luckily for me it didn't because when oh. I was 14 I made the um, u14 national team so I was kind of on college's radars since I was younger. Um, right. And I, I was also on the region team, which is like the best 18 players in the South. So it was like mm. out of Florida, Texas, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia. I was like the, the best in North Carolina selected for that team. And I got to go to Germany, to Costa Rica, and just kind of represent like our uh, region. And so I met a lot of people, a lot of coaches, my name was kind of out there. So when I got injured at 16, I had actually already committed to college, which is okay. not super common, but it was lucky for me. Um, mm -hmm. so I, was, I was looking at uh, Duke, Wake, Notre Dame, and UNC. And I visited all of them, spent the night, met all the girls, saw the facilities, the campus. And, mm -hmm. and I honestly loved all of them. It was an incredibly hard decision. Um, what it came down to was that dream you have as like a little girl is to play for Carolina is to, is to wear yeah. that blue and go where Mia Hamm went, go where Michael Jordan yeah, went. Yeah, so yeah. Kind of like took over me when I was, you know, 15. I was like, that's mm -hmm. what I want. So um, I committed, yeah, I committed to Carolina my sophomore year and then got hurt several months later. And they just kind of checked in, like, are you still okay? Can you still yeah. play? Like, oh, I'll be fine by then. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so that's kind of how that came about. All right. So then you overcome two surgeries. You, you still have Chapel Hill there. You go over there. And how was basically your your transition to freshman year? Obviously, you were saying it was rough because of, you know, the lack of consistent play. 
Yeah. So I probably should have redshirted in hindsight. And for okay. people in the UK, that means forfeiting your eligibility for that year to like kind of get yourself more prepared. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely should have done that because my body wasn't ready for the intensity <clears throat> that was football. And we were going from, you know, when you're playing in high school and you're playing at your club level, it's all girls who are 17, 18. But when you go to college, if you're the young one, you're 18 and you could be playing with some 21, 22 year olds. So yeah. not only do these girls have more experience, like football wise, their bodies are also bigger, more adapted, mm -hmm. um, stronger, you know, because they've been training that much longer. So, um, I definitely went in not as, as fit as I could have been. Um, but I did still have an amazing experience. I, I'm absolutely best friends with some of the girls I, I met my freshman year who I played with. Some of them are in NWSL in the American league. Some are also mm -hmm. in Europe like me. Um, so I am grateful that I went there and had that experience. And then also to be in that competitive culture, I think it had, it had very positive um, I don't want to say repercussions, but it, it had a lot of positive aspects and also some negative aspects and like combined, it kind of really helps you see how much football means to you and, mm -hmm. and, um, where you want to go with it. And yeah, I think just playing with the other greats, um, you know, like everyone was pretty much the best from their state at that school. Like everyone was the bee's knees and was yeah, yeah. You know, the person that, was used to being the best. And then you get there and now you're in this pool of everyone was the best, but now you might be not that important anymore because you're young and other people are better than you. So it was just, right. it was just definitely um, a wake up call and an adjustment. And uh, I did it for two years and I, I definitely think I improved. I learned so much about myself and about football, but in terms of playing in games, I wasn't getting much game time. And that was hard for me because I felt like I had sacrificed my whole life Mm -hmm. trained so hard to you know see the fields and I was performing at training I was everything was ranked there so at the end of every practice you would have a list of like one to 35 and everyone had um a spot in which they were based on how many passes you made based on how many goals you had um, based on how fast you were in this oh, and wow. that. So it was just so scientific that I I liked it in some aspects because I was able to say like oh look I'm third in this or I'm eighth mm -hmm. in that and I could compare myself which is really good but at the same time, it, it got very mentally exhausting because if I was ever top, top half of the, of the group, then I also wasn't getting game time, but people below or lower than me were, it's just really hard to understand, well, why is that happening? And right. there's, there's, so there's a lot of aspects of, of the game and like of coaches as to why they would pick someone to play. Um, and like at the time I was just young and I was, I was proving my worth and I didn't think I was getting rewarded for it. So I was just kind of frustrated and sad and just met with the coach and said like do you see this changing you know I don't mm -hmm. mind staying if I'm going to get rewarded you know next year or the year after that but to his credit he was incredibly honest and just said you know I, I don't I don't know that I see that changing and we're getting even more talent the next two years so if you wanted to go elsewhere like we completely support you you deserve to be playing you're a great player so with that kind of nudge and encouragement I said okay you know happiness is more important I'm going to I'm going to go transfer to a school where I will be playing and I can be mm -hmm. more of the you know core player not just yeah you know, yeah training every day for wow many minutes <laughs> I've actually never heard anyone talk about how in training at the end of training they have like a ranking yeah that's just a standard that Chapel Hill has yeah. I mean, every day it was also like something as simple as five V two, which is like a little game you play and yeah. warm up. 
they had that rank. So the if there was 30 players or 35 players, there's like three or four tiers of 5v2. And then in your tiers, so you were either in the first group, second group, third group, fourth group, you would then go up and down between each practice based off of out of those seven people in a 5v2, um, whoever had the three people with the most passes were like the top three. The three people with the least passes were like the bottom three. Um, and it also divided by how many times you were in the middle. So if you had 20 passes, but you were in the middle 10 times, that only averages two passes. Um, that is crazy. I've so never then, heard so something it, like yeah, that. Yeah, so it like worked in a, in a, like a mathematical way that they'd have three people in one color, three people another, and one person as the playmaker. So then after that, you then had a 3v3 plus one. And based on how you did in that, someone, two people would move down and two people would move up from each like level. Wow. And it was it was just stuff like that that was every every day. So if you were doing shooting drill, you knew that if you had 10 shots, every single manager on that field was going to know if you had like three goals, four goals, five goals, right. and also other people had. You couldn't, you just couldn't hide from anything. Right. So it's it's really good in the sense that it it pushes your boundaries, it pushes you to train on your weaknesses and and you can see where you are compared to everyone else, but it's also sometimes it takes away some of the fun maybe for you. Like maybe football mm -hmm. is just to get some energy released. Maybe it's to get a workout. Maybe it's to, you know, do what you're good at and not feel so pressured to, to perform. So um, it was definitely <laughs> gave me a little bit of anxiety. When I was, yeah. No, that when I was that, that competition is high then yeah, every day too. High. Yeah. But I mean, wow. it's still incredible experience, incredible culture. Like I, I'm happy I had that experience to then mm -hmm. base other things off of. Um, but I don't, okay. I don't think that was where I was thriving per se. Okay. So then you decided to transfer, what were the options, um, transferring out? So transferring out, if you, <clears throat> you might not know, if you are in, um, a league, we were in the ACC. Mm -hmm. Um, if you went to another team in that league, you'd have to forfeit a year of eligibility. So mm -hmm. that meant I would be transferring as a junior and I wouldn't even be able to play in a game that whole first year. I would only then get games senior year. So I decided I didn't want that, even though I liked a lot of the schools that were in our conference. Mm -hmm. And when I was speaking with my parents about it, they basically said, we know you love soccer, but your education is more important. So we're not letting you transfer to a school that's not like equivalent to UNC because UNC Chapel Hill is a very academic school. Um, right. So so then we kind of narrowed it down to schools like Davidson College, um, American, Georgetown, like that kind of stuff, um, mm -hmm. William & Mary. And so I visited a couple of those. And after visiting, I just fell in love with Davidson. I I, I knew that was where I should be. Um, and mm -hmm. that was about 15 minutes, 10 minutes from my yeah, house. Yeah, close to home up. too, right? So it just felt like extra home in that sense. Mm -hmm. So I was going to, I knew I'd be getting minutes soccer wise. I knew the location. I knew like everything, what I was getting into. And I, I just fell in love. Yeah. And how was your time over there in Davidson? It was great. Yeah. I, I think Davidson allowed me to be, it was, it was very liberal, not saying that UNC wasn't, but I think because UNC is so big, um, you did, I was pretty much only ever with the soccer girls. Um, like we just clicked together. We had a similar lifestyle. It was, it was just really great in that sense. But mm -hmm. by switching schools, there was, there was less than 2000 people in the entire university. Like at, right. at David's less than 2000 Chapel Hill, there was, you know, 40,000. Mm -hmm. So everyone knew everyone on this campus. I could, and my classes were like 20 people, 15 people. So you had a, a first name basis with the teachers. Right. Whereas at UC, I was, I was like texting 
you know, two, one, six, seven to make sure I'm in attendance because they have no idea who's there. Right. Um, so it was just, I, I learned better at Davidson, I think, because it was more like I was taught all growing up. But then because it was so small, you were really able to make friends outside of the sporting world. You were able to just make connections and feel kind of free to be who you were. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm forever grateful for Davidson in, in that sense. I feel like it, it opened me up to all the possibilities of what I could want to do in life, like what kind of person I want to be. Um, I learned a lot about LGBTQ. I had nothing, no no clue about that. And now I'm part of the community. Woo. <laughs> so it's like, it, it's, I'm, I'm very, very appreciative of my time there. All right. So really it was just like an overall benefit to your life. Like not yeah, just yeah. soccer, just in life as well. Yeah. And the soccer, <laughs> don't get me wrong. The soccer had, had aspects that were frustrating because it was kind of going from, you know, like the epitome of, of competitiveness and right. soccer school to a school that was still, it was still division one. It was still good, good mm -hmm. soccer, but they, they highly emphasized academics over um, athletics, which mm -hmm. is totally fine because that that's that makes perfect sense. But for me at the, at that time growing up, I, I had only ever really put sport ahead of my academics, so it was definitely an adjustment for me in that sense. Yeah. Then to go from you know winning every game to now tying or losing or really fighting for wins, it was just a totally different vibe. Um, but I mean, I still still loved it, and because I was yeah. playing because I was playing like every minute of every game, essentially, I grew to love the sport again, which I, I think I, I kind of missed out on by being at UNC because I, I wasn't really having an impact. I was just kind of training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So while I guess what your senior year at Davidson, um, were you thinking of pro? Were you thinking of, you know, just going into some work from force or whatever? Um, to be honest, I hadn't given it much thought. I was so focused on like with transfer credits and stuff. I, mm -hmm. I had to take 14 of my 16 classes at Davidson had to be the major I was taking, which was sociology. Mm -hmm. So I was just so focused on like graduating. <laughs> I wasn't thinking yeah, too much yeah, yeah. after the fact. Um, but when I, I also didn't know about like the draft and how that worked, because I feel like if I was at UNC, that's a totally common path. Right. Lots of people do that. It's just natural in almost every sport because they're so um, sport focused and have so many amazing athletes. And at Davidson, right. we all have great athletes, but I think we were more known for our basketball team than anything else. So yeah. I didn't even know it was a possibility, really. So I just kind of graduated like a like a normal <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. person at college and, and was just happy I graduated. I had good grades. And then that summer I was like, oh, I don't want to stop playing. So I decided to join a, um, like a semi-professional team. And I was the captain of that and, you know, scored some goals, had some great fun, some summer memories. So I was like, oh, I, I don't want to stop this. Like, this is really fun. And that's, but this I, is in Charlotte? The, yeah, this was, um, okay. I played for Lake Norman. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, think yeah. they're a thing anymore. I think they're now Charlotte independence maybe. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so so I did a semi-professional thing. And then it just so happened when I was grabbing coffee with one of my friends, totally out of the blue. I had just said, you know, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I want to play soccer. I don't know how. And she's like, oh, well, my boyfriend is from Scotland. And, you know, he might be able to get you something in Scotland. And I was like, oh, let's make that happen. Yeah. So in a few weeks then, I, I got on a plane and I went to play for the Rangers in, in Glasgow. So that was pretty incredible. Um, but that how did that happen? How, how did you, like, you know... It that was, connection really worked. Yeah, he, I don't know if he worked there or he had friends <laughs> there. Scotland's like a smaller country. So he just kind of yeah. knew some people in the football world. He also played 
sorry, I keep interchanging soccer and football. Um, <laughs> it's okay. You, you, you hit in both <laughs> countries. So it's all right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he just had connections and I, I sent over like, like a highlight clip of, of some college games or mm-hmm. some, um, high school stuff. And, and then the, the, I guess the coach liked what they saw. And, the, and at that point, this is a long time ago, it wasn't even fully professional. So they, they were like, oh, we can't really offer you anything, but if you come, like, we'd love to have you. So I was like, oh, you know what? I don't know what I'm doing. I might as well. Like, so I stayed at a local university that was really cheap housing. And then I played on this team. Um, and I had a really good time because it was like an experience unlike any other, but I right. actually needed a third surgery while I was there. So I was struggling mentally and physically because I was in so much pain that I wasn't able to play to my ability. And, um, I didn't have access to like a car and some other things. So it just was mm. really tough. Um, but after the two or three months I was there, I came back, had my third knee surgery and then rehabbed that for six or so months. Um, and then another totally out of the blue thing ended up happening when I was rehabbing and I was deciding, okay, like, I still, I still think I want to play, but I don't know how, and I've just had a surgery. Are people going to want me mm-hmm. walking my brother's dog in Seattle, Washington, completely random. And I was just texting one of my friends from college saying like, Hey, how are you? I miss you. And she was living in Iceland at the time and was like, I'm actually miserable. Like I I'm heartbroken over this relationship that didn't work out. I'm living in Iceland and it's amazing, but I don't have many friends. I'm playing soccer here, but like, it's just missing something. And I was like, oh, that stinks. Like, I'm so sorry. Anything I can right. do. She's like, well, yeah, you could come. And I'm like, well, I don't think I can, <laughs> I don't think I can just come. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, really, you could let me talk to my coach. And I was like, well, okay. So then she spoke to her coach and it, and it became a thing that I have a British passport, which I guess at that time I didn't know was a big deal, but it is a big mm. deal because, um, uh, teams in Europe often have quotas of how many foreigners they're allowed to have. Right. The international so with the passport, Yeah. With the British passport, it, it was basically like getting an American player for free. Right. So right. They were like, Oh, well, if you just had surgery, like, are you able to play? Like, what can you do? So I had to send some videos of myself, you know, like jumping and sprinting and, and proving that I was physically fit. Right. And in a few weeks I was on a plane to Iceland and me and one of my best friends from college, we lived together and we played in Iceland for like four or five months, traveled the country living the dream so that was my first wow. like professional contract um, yeah. and it was it was amazing I, I loved it <laughs> so how did you I guess did you stay there after your your one season there so or Scandinavian countries it's so cold that the season yeah. is typically like February March to October November whereas like in England it's pretty much July to June or July to May it's like a full year yeah yeah, um, yeah. so when I was there my roommate slash best friend um told me about how she has an agent and i was like oh that's fancy are we supposed to have those she's like yeah so you were playing good. at this point with no agent like you were yeah, just kind of just i had no idea friends. how anything worked i was just learning wow. one, gig, one gig at a time <laughs> yeah 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 so she was like oh well like i have this agent do you want me to get you in touch with my agent and i was like sure that sounds great right. so i'm in touch with her agent um we exchanged some messages we we enjoyed our time so I was like, oh, would, would you mind representing me? And he's like, of course, that sounds great. Um, so then I had some other friends who were like, oh, I've played here. I've played here. You should try this. You should try that. Um, and one of my other really good friends, these are both friends from UNC, ironically. Yeah. Um, one was like, oh, I played in Cyprus and I loved it because I got to do Champions League. And I was like, whoa, what's that? Wow. That's <laughs> so then I learned about, you know, what Champions League was and, and what that meant. So then I kind mm-hmm. of pushed on my agent. Oh, like I, w- I think I would like Cyprus because my one of my best friends told me about it. 
So then I signed a contract with Apollon Ladies, um, a Champions League team in Cyprus. I did that for about a year and a half, almost two years. Um, so after Iceland, I went there and did that for a bit. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you make this move to Cyprus. Talk about that life over there in Cyprus playing Champions League. Um, also, like explain what I guess Champions League ball is to people who may not know what it is. So Cyprus was incredibly beautiful it was very warm a lot of perks in terms of off the field um Mm -hmm. it wasn't super organized in the sense that the cypriot greek culture didn't really i wouldn't say they disrespected women but they just they weren't kind of with the the changing times of females playing sports and playing soccer at a a level that's actually professional Mm -hmm. um so it was just kind of slightly hard in that sense. Um, but yeah, the country was beautiful. The team was was good. The, the girls were nice. We had a lot of foreigners, um, even the the managers and coaches, they all spoke English um, for the most part. So that that was great. Um, there wasn't many barriers in that sense. Okay. Um, we, I signed because I, unfortunately, I, I just didn't know that much about Champions League and, and how stuff works. So I signed thinking we had already qualified um, but at the time you actually, in order to qualify for champions league in that league, you have to, to win the league. Okay. So I, I came in like the winter window and we were in, you know, say first or second place. And I just thought, Oh, it's fine. We'll win. And then we'll qualify. Um, and in that year we ended up coming in second, not winning the league. So I was under contract, not playing champions league for the next okay. season, like the whole full yeah. year of, of just playing Cyprus teams. Um, so I was, I was disappointed with that. And I also didn't know that you could, maybe, you know, get out of contracts if you weren't happy or, or if you didn't want that, I just kind of was like, Oh, I signed, I'm staying. Right. Um, I was just very new to it all. And just kind of decided like, Oh, the country's nice. And you know, I, I'm playing. So let me just stay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what ended up happening was that whole season, uh, we ended up coming in first in the very last game of the season, we got a goal in the 90th minute and no won way. the game 2-1 and that made us win the league. So I was I was on such a high from that game in that moment that I was like, I want to stay now that we have qualified for Champions League, um, which is, sorry, I didn't explain it. That's playing all, no, the, that's okay. essentially all the other top teams from each country is essentially what it is, um, depending on the level of the country. So say England has, has three spots for Champions League because English football is so good. Uh, right. Cyprus had one so it was the top team one um denmark has two um you know that kind of stuff uh it just depends germany i think has has three so it just depends on the country but mm-hmm. um i felt like okay i've been with this team for you know over a year and a half now and i was a part of getting us to qualify for this amazing thing and that was why i came here in the first place so you know i'll stay so um, I stayed another month or so um, in my contract. I just had that whenever we got knocked out of Champions League, then I would um, part ways. And unfortunately, we lost to the top team in um, Portugal. They're called Braga. Uh, we lost to them 1-0. And so even though we beat the team in Latvia, like like 6-2 and won our other game, uh, like against the team in Austria, like 10-0, something like that. Uh <laughs> Yeah, or maybe it was Latvia. I think we won 9-0, and then the Austrian team, we won like 6-2. Uh, but because we lost that one game, it was like a group um, scenario. The Portugal team ended up advancing to the next round while we got disqualified. 
So my story was kind of cut short and I was a bit disappointed by that because I I also at the time thought if you qualified, you automatically would be playing these teams like Barcelona and Chelsea and all that. But in reality, like making the group stage is very different than making the round of 32, the round of 16, the round of eight. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So it was just another thing I didn't even know about. And um, in hindsight, I wish I had. <laughs> so but, these big uh, teams over there, they automatically qualify? Like they don't even have yeah, a group stage? Yeah, a lot of, it, they, it goes off of like points that you've had throughout the years, decades, whatever. So your your Chelsea mm. is so good <clears> and so well-respected. They don't even come in the tournament until later on. They don't have to wow. do like group play stuff. And this was at the time. They might have, I think they've changed how it works now. Um, okay. But at the time, that's how it was. Mm-hmm. And so I was just kind of disappointed that we got knocked out. But at the same time, my cousin was getting married. So I, I had stuff to go home to. So I was excited to be a part of some of that. Right. Um, then I, you know, had an agent at the time. Uh, I ended up switching agencies while I was uh, over there. And this new agent uh, got me a, a gig in Sweden for a few months. So I just took that because um, I he basically said it wouldn't look good on my soccer resume if I didn't have something from like August to December. So I went to Sweden and it was definitely different experience because uh, I was playing forward, which I don't usually do. So that was nice. Um, What is your primary position then? Currently I'm a center back, but in Iceland, in Scotland, Iceland and um, Cyprus, I was playing center mid. I was more of like a, like a holding mid or outside mid or attacking mid, that kind of, kind of role. Mm-hmm. Um, so then in Sweden, when I went to out, like outside forward, I was like, Oh, this is interesting. And then my mm-hmm. first game there, I scored a bicycle goal and I was like, this is the Damn. coolest thing ever. <laughs> I don't even know how it, like, it sounds way cooler than it was. I just, it just so happened that it was a bicycle. Um, no, nah, that's sick. Ask yourself. <laughs> that's a goal. Uh, so yeah, so that was fun. It was nice to like experience something different to be like mm-hmm. on an attacking person instead and um but it was very cold uh incredibly small town about eight hours north of stockholm so it was like people walked everywhere had bikes like that was the vibe and everyone loved each other it was very um like homey yeah Uh, and then that ended in i think like october ish um so then i decided you know what no like the windows in which you can transfer aren't until january anyway so like why don't i take advantage of this time that i have off from football for the next few months. So I decided to go backpacking through Europe. So I, I visited oh, a bunch wow. of places in Belgium, Germany, <clears throat> uh, Norway, and kind of saw friends in, in various cities and just uh, made made a trip of it. It was really nice. And then yeah. got to be home with family for the holidays, um, Thanksgiving, Christmas. And then my agent at the time got me a, a trial with a team in Denmark. And he was pushing that because he's like, they're very highly respected, highly regarded. They're, they're fully women's program. And there's a like very high likelihood that they'll play champions league. And I was like, Oh, this is my chance to get, you know, like, Mm -hmm. because I didn't do what I wanted to do in champions league last time. So then I uh, moved to Denmark and played there for a year and a half. Um, So I made the team when I went on trial and absolutely loved it. Uh, Loved the culture, loved the girls, loved the facilities, Um, the weather I could have, you know, done without. It was a bit cold, windy, right. and rainy, <laughs> but uh, it was an incredible experience. My my first six months there, we we actually had COVID, which was quite terrible. But we were the only uh, league in the whole world that managed to to have a season during COVID. So we we were just tested every day for God knows how long. But um, we instead of playing each team twice in the second half of the season, we played each team once, and okay. we ended up coming in first place. So we got 
to qualify for Champions League. So then in the fall, we had our normal season, um, you know, testing every day just to be extra safe because COVID was was still pretty prevalent around the world. Yeah. This is fall 2020 or fall 2021? This is fall 2020. Okay. So really like peak COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then we like any given weekend, a game might be canceled because of COVID. Right. Uh, Right. But that's when we had qualified for Champions League. So uh, we played the round of 32. And so this team was so, um, had so many points from like being in Champions League previously, we didn't have to do that group play of playing the other teams. We were automatically in the round of 32. So we drew, I think it was a Slovenian team. Um, So we had to play the Slovenian team once at home, once away. So we Mm -hmm. we flew to Slovenia midweek and it was snowing there. And that was just a crazy game. Uh, We ended up winning 3-0. So it kind of took the pressure off for when we had our home game. Right. We won 3-2 or lost 3-2, but it didn't matter because the goals added up. Yeah, Yeah, we we totally, we won and advanced the next round. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the next round is when we drew Barcelona, which was... Wow probably the coolest thing I'll like ever experienced in my life. So I was right. very happy I was there. Um, so I got to play Barcelona at uh, Barcelona and then once at home, uh, we lost both times, uh, pretty <laughs> big, <laughs> but <laughs> the experience was honestly so amazing. It was just very cool. Um, How I, was it? How was it playing over there in Barcelona, Kev New? I had never been to Spain. Um, yeah. and I really wanted to go ever since I saw the Cheetah Girls 2 movie because they just like <laughs> they dance all over Spain and make it look right. amazing. And I was like, oh my God. So I was just so excited for that. But of course we didn't really like sightsee. You were there, you know, right. for your job. You just went to the hotel. Got it's a business trip. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did buy like a Spanish magazine. I was like, oh, maybe I'll learn Spanish. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah. So I actually, because I went and didn't get to do touristy things in a few uh few months i'm going to go back to spain with some of my best friends from high school and we're going to okay. tour visit around just so i can actually see it yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was such an incredible experience and um playing against some of the people that i like looked up to and followed on instagram and you know mm. they are on the national teams and i'm like oh i tackled her like oh i stopped her from scoring you know it was yeah, just, yeah, yeah it was it lives in my head rent free <laughs> yeah that's a crazy experience was that probably your best uh opponent you've you've played against yeah, I think so because they actually won Champions League that year. So they were the best oh, in wow. essentially Europe, but I, I would argue the world. They were just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, they were so technically good, every single one of those players. And and I think the they had the Ballon d'Or winner on the team that year. I mean, they were just they're just a very good team. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's great. That's a great experience. Oh man. Camp New too. I bet how was it were they uh, allowing like fans in or no, we didn't have any fans. It was so it was completely team. empty stadium. Yeah, yeah. Damn. And okay. I don't know if it was Camp New because it was the women's stadium, but it was right. We, we saw we saw all the men's facilities. It was right there. It's oh, like okay, 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 okay. Campus kind of thing. So we were like walking around on our team walk, like, oh, is Messi gonna be over there? Trying <laughs> <laughs> to see if we can, you know, find anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is uh, what peak COVID. You're in Denmark. So how'd you? make a move to Bristol? Was there like another stop in between Denmark, Bristol? Um, yeah, so my contract ended in the summer. It was about a year and a half. I started in January and ended in like June, July of 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, from that point, I was like, okay, I've done Champions League and I played this amazing, you know, I got to play against Barcelona. I really liked this culture in this country. 
but is there a way for me to get to a league that has a slightly higher competitive game on the weekends, like, like the actual league? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, I had switched agencies again, it's just complicated. Um, <laughs> but uh, this new agent had some connections in Germany with the Bundesliga. And I was like, okay. oh my God, that's amazing. Because that would be like playing your Barcelona every weekend. You play Wolfsburg, you play Bayern, you play Frankfurt. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really in, um, intrigued <laughs> by that. And one of my really good friends from UNC, so this is now my third UNC connection, she was um, playing there in Germany. So I was able to message her, ask how she liked it, you know, what it was like, get mm-hmm. all the details. And I basically decided, you know what, it can't be that bad because you're there. So like worst case scenario, even if I'm you know not a huge fan, I'll have one of my good friends. And that's typically what makes me happy off the field. Um, so I went and, and had a pretty good experience there. I was there for a year. I had my own apartment. I had my own car. So that was really nice in the sense that not every place does that. Um, Mm -hmm. so I was paying a lot of bills and and stuff. And so I wasn't coming away with that much money, but it was nice to have independence and freedom and better quality of life. Yeah. And then I was playing great, great opponents every single week and training with, with great girls. And we had a lot of foreigners on that team, which was also, really good so we had like a thanksgiving you know we had like more american things because there was a lot of us yeah 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 so that was a good experience um we ended up getting relegated so after my season they were going to be playing in the second league bundesliga right. and i i didn't think that i had had an amazing enough time there to want to stay for the second division so mm-hmm. i had made the decision with my agent is there somewhere else i can go he's like well what are your goals what are your ambitions and I've, I've always said, I'd love to play in America if I could. I'd love to play in England mm-hmm. if I could. Um, and I'd really love to play for the Scotland national team um, because my grandparents are from Scotland. So I'm eligible okay. for that. And he basically said, you know, if you're trying to play for Scotland, it's it's good to be in the UK. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, like, what does that look like? You know, I've, I've already played in Scotland, so I don't know that I want to play there again. And he was like, well, right. what about England? So I was just saying, yeah, that would be amazing. And then that's kind of how Bristol City came about. So Um, I had a different UNC teammate who played here last year um, and I messaged her and just just kind of asked you know everything from what are the girls like what are the coaches like facilities and she absolutely praised everything about this place and Mm -hmm. got really excited so within like a day or so I I said yes I'd I'd love to come sign a contract and and uh, it's good to go so now I've been here ever since (laughs) wow so I guess what are your aspirations while at Bristol I mean, you talked about how you want to you want to play on on the Scottish national team um so I guess goals while at Bristol uh I guess individual and team wise for you yeah so individual wise obviously I'd love to make the Scottish national team and mm-hmm. um I wanted to I knew even in the second division of England that the the quality of football is is so good it's it's very competitive mm-hmm. and I, I also knew that playing um, and one of the top teams in the, in the second division could be just as, as good as playing like in one of the lower teams of the first division, right. and I'd much rather get playing time and, um, just be like an important core part of the team and kind of see how it works in England just to kind of get a feel for it. And I also knew like, okay, we, we have the FA cup, we have the, the Conti cup where there's going to be times when we can play some of those WSL teams. Mm-hmm. And that's maybe when I'll get to show my stuff and get to like have another Barcelona experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that was kind of what I was looking forward to the most and, and, um, 
a, t- a girl on my team also plays for Scotland. So I thought, oh, that'd be cool to have another connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I figured, why not just win the league? You know, you know like, if, if you want to play, <laughs> play in the, the WSL, like if we win the league, we get promoted. So, okay. so that, was kind of, like, that was kind of the team goal. And also my goal with my agent was like, oh, like if, it, if you sign one year and you love it, um, and you get promoted, it's like a win-win. It's like, yeah, of mm-hmm. course it is. That sounds amazing. Like, mm-hmm. and then, then you're a part of the, the program that you helped achieve this amazing goal and then right. you get to you know, stay with it and, and be a part of it as they now do the next thing. And then, so right. like, we get promoted, that would be amazing. And then maybe we, the first year, maybe it's just to like, you know, not get relegated. And then the second year it's to be mid table. And then, so then you're just working slightly to keep advancing. So you got some long-term goal, goals with, uh, with Bristol. I, I do li- I do like it here, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, what's I mean, life I like never, over there? You never know what's gonna happen, but I do like it. Um, yeah. It is right. Well, my situation now is I live with two other girls on the team. We have a uh, have a nice house. Um, I'm sitting in the living room right now with the fire on. It's nice. Okay. Uh, the girls are all incredibly nice. I am the oldest, so that's a bit difficult for me because I'm used to being one of the younger ones or middle pack, um, and mm-hmm. now. Uh, I'm just playing with some girls who are like 17 or 18 and I'm like, oh my God, you're a little thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Learn. And I'm just <laughs> myself also jealous of them times because I'm like, oh, I'd, I'd kill to have your athletic platform or I'd like to be your age and not have to be sitting in a school desk, you know, from right. 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Like you're allowed to be at work. You're allowed to be here. And mm-hmm. then, you know, like your school comes second, like, oh, your teachers are just like, yeah, just get it in when you get it in or you work remotely. Now that COVID has happened, people do right. online classes. And so it's just, it's just a whole nother world over here. They're so in love with football. Like I, I walk down the street and, and someone might recognize me I and mean, I, you know, we have yeah. fans games and people are like, oh, like they, they know that the Bristol women are just as important as the Bristol men, which uh-huh. in other places I've been, you know, that would not have been the case. Um, you know, we've okay. got, we've got a, one one head coach like assistants we've got like a a analysis person we've got a goalkeeper coach we've got someone who does the sports science behind all of our running and tracks our data Mm -hmm. we have a a conditioning and strengthening coach we've got multiple physios we have um like a a therapist sort of we've got um a nutritionist we like we just have so many psychologists we have so much like so many resources here to be that's a real professional environment then yeah exactly so it's it's like they're helping us be the best that we can be. Um, and, and also we are very fortunate enough to share the men's facility. So they just had a new facility built like within the last year. Okay. It's got like say 10 training fields. It's got, you know, ice bath, cryotherapy, um, hot tubs, uh, a big gym, and we have a cafeteria. So we get food every day. So like after Mm -hmm. training, we go up and we have lunch and it's, it's all catered to how many carbs we need to perform and and, like all this kind of stuff. So it's just, Oh, wow it's incredibly organized and well done. And, um, it's, it's just really nice. Wow. And how are you guys doing the, in the, the league right now? Where y'all, where y'all in the table? We are currently in second, but we okay. have to make up two games. Uh, well, we, okay. everyone has to make up a game because the queen died. So all right. Mm-hmm. Queen. Um, mm-hmm. Rest her soul. So that, that game that weekend had to be rescheduled, mm-hmm. but we had um, another one recently where the pitches were frozen because it's been so cold overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another, that's kind of frustrating is, is in our league the fields aren't necessarily heated or we have a cover on our field because we're like it was because we kind of share the men's stuff but other people yeah. don't so if it's cold you just can't play um, right and then there's there's rules about you know how many um 
like in the stands in the stadium, what it's got to be like to allow people to watch. You can't just play on, you know, some random field in the corner if it's turf. Right. So uh, that's been a bit frustrating. But other than that, and that's that's not in, you know, anyone's control, really. It's just it's the weather. So you can't just time of the year. Yeah. 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 So is it really you have to win the league to, to get promoted or can you be a second yeah. and go? No, unfortunately, England is is just one up, one down, which oh, is wow. the first country I've ever experienced where that is the case. Usually right. it's two. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, let's get into these questions that I put on the Instagram page. Um, I don't know like what you do exactly in Brazil, but you are heavily loved because <laughs> I, the amount of questions I'm sorry, I, I kind of screenshotted like the notifications of it. I have four of them and probably about like 30 to 35 questions or just comments. Um, and majority of them are people from over there, fans, whatever. So Let's see. I got a a couple of questions. Um, let's see. One is: Is there any significance behind the number fourteen? Um, there is. When I was okay. growing up, I was always the number fourteen, and um, then I switched to a girls' team and couldn't be fourteen. So I was like, "Oh, I think I want to keep the four. So then I was number twenty-four, and then I was twenty-four for a bit. Um, and then I went to college and I wanted to be 14. I couldn't be 14. I wanted to be 24. My roommate took 24. So I thought, oh, well, let me like, let me just keep the four. Let's do 44. And they're like, sorry, that's also taken. I was like, well, what about 54? Like, sorry, that's taken. I was like, oh, what about 64? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I got 64. And that's actually why my my username on all my in, um, Instagram, TikTok, everything is tricky mm-hmm. 64 for that. Um, okay. So then when I started playing professionally, I tried to get back to the 14, the 24, the four, anything that had the yeah, four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so when I came here, I couldn't be 24 or four, but I could be 14. And I was very excited because mm-hmm. um, when I was growing up, I also loved High School Musical and Troy Bolton was number 14. So oh, just, my God. <laughs> kind of, it just fit. It just it just all makes sense. I love it just came full circle then. It just, it, just, it, just, it just works. Like, I mean, Troy Bolton is, is life. So. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. Wow. All right. Well, shout out Zach Efron for the inspiration for the 14. Um, let's see. Uh, favorite country you've played in? Mm, that's tough because there's so much that goes on, not just like on the field. It's right. also life off the field. I think I had the most fun living in Iceland because okay. it was it was great football. It was one of my first experiences abroad. I was living with one of my best friends from college, we had a bunch of other Americans and the country is just insanely unique. Like you go on a drive and you're in the middle of the Northern lights. I mean, <clears> you, <throat> go, you go for a walk and, and there's like glaciers next to you. Like it was just, it's just unreal. It, it was such a cool place. Yeah, uh, so, no, it looks like it too. Yeah. I think Iceland is my favorite. Okay. Let's see. Uh, so not a question, but you are an inspiration. Oh, Vicky, you're doing things over in Bristol. <laughs> wow. Uh, hardest uh, opponent you faced thus far? Um, Barcelona was was obviously very good, but we, we did yeah. play Man City last week, and, and they were also very, very good, <laughs> very talented. Um, and I think because I had recently been so invested in the Euros since coming here in England, mm-hmm. the England women won the Euros, right. it was really really cool to be able to play man city and play some of the girls who who won with england like just a few months ago uh so mm-hmm. I'd, I'd say that was definitely a, a top team i played okay let's see how old were you when you got your first contract 
Um, let's see. So when I was playing in Scotland, I don't know that I would consider that like a contract really. Mm -hmm. And then I had surgery, which kind of delayed it. But I think that means I was about 23 when I, when I first went to Iceland. You got your first one? Yeah. Yeah. So, and now I'm, I'm almost 29. So I've been doing this for quite a while. For a while. Yeah. You bring that veteran leadership, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's end on this one then. Favorite thing about Bristol. Oh, oh, that's tough. Um, are we talking about the team or the the city? <laughs> we could do that. Let's do, let's do like uh, a couple of things about the team, a couple of things about the city. Okay. Team, I I do really like, enjoy the girls. They're British humor is very different than American humor, but <laughs> uh, we still manage to get on and have a good laugh. And everyone's mm -hmm. incredibly nice. And um, doesn't matter the age, we all kind of get along. Uh, but I also really really love the fans. Um, from the moment I got here. You know, they put up a North Carolina flag. They put up a USA flag. I come wow. And, and after the games, people say, you know, Vicky, come here, sign this. And Vicky, do that. And I'm like, oh, you know my name. <laughs> um, so I just feel so honored and, and like privileged to to be this important to someone because I'm used mm -hmm. to people not really caring about women's football. So it's, it's yeah. just really, really nice to to feel valued and and to be in a place that especially it's so organized, so professional that they just make us feel like, prioritized and that this is our job this is our duty this is you know we, we just want to give you the the platform and the and anything we can to make you a better athlete and i'm just really grateful for that yeah no you in a perfect environment it sounds like bristol city love you you love bristol it seems like <laughs> yeah well vicky that's it i'm not going to bombard you with any more questions um we can go through the whole list but that's gonna take a lot of time <laughs> and i don't have zoom premium so we can't do that uh, yeah. but thank you for joining again thank you for sharing all your stories the details everything um thank i'm sure so everyone that no thank you thank you i'm sure everyone who's gonna listen to this is gonna appreciate you know your story and probably track now uh what's going on with bristol and hope for promotion um and then more success going forward yeah let's let's hope so